Now beginning transmission 120. Animosity. File under Animal Farm. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Complete morons in the process. The Limbaugh is, I was at, uh, when I was in Utah, I uh, had gone to the guitar center there to look at some stuff, and I happened to notice they had this microphone, it's called a, it's a, it was a, basically, it's a pretty decent vocal mic, but it has a weird paint job on it, it has like a, like red and white stripes and blue stars around it, like it looks, it looks like something Rush Limbaugh would use, um, but it's a great vocal mic, it sounds gorgeous, so I call it the Limbaugh. Uh, as my own personal joke. Well, so I loaned Todd in the hopes of him being able to record from vacation. I loaned him uh, the mic I normally use and I, just as an experiment set up, you know, one of my normal actual microphones and ran it through a USB port to try to see if I could make it work, uh, like basically an audio interface and then into my computer. And it actually works with this program, which I'm pleasantly surprised with. So um, I am using that mic today. So I'm actually using the Limbaugh. I'm using my real voice mic. I don't know if because we're recording this digitally, however, this if this will sound as miraculously wonderful as it normally does when I record. If it does, I might use this all the time. And uh, the Limbaugh might be my professional, you know, consistent setup so that uh, I always look like I'm uh, super patriotic. So, America. America. Fuck yeah. So, anyway, so it sounds like Todd's not going to be able to join us this week, Boo. unfortunately. Boo. Boo. He is on a beach in San Diego and apparently. Like bias spotty down there or something to that effect. I don't know why. I thought humpback whales could project Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, um, and I just got a text message saying that he will sit this one out. I do know his like favorite line in this book, so and I keeps quoting it, so I'll make sure that I mention it. But uh, we are on episode 120, so we are doing animosity. We're finishing up our month of animal books. Uh, so right now it's just me and two guys in Utah. Um, romantically sharing a microphone together we have mr adam hey what's up everyone this is adam uh do stuff with big Chinese robot uh still figuring out board to sell podcast with andy wilson hi andy. hi andy and you can also find me over on cinema queens with our good friend chris hi chris hi chris, hey, chris. um and yeah just nothing else too exciting going on and then of course we have uh with him sharing a microphone we have mr maya Hey all, uh, it's Maya. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Maya and at the Mr. Maya, respectively. Or if you're in Salt Lake and you request a Lyft or Uber, who knows? You might get me as your driver. Or me. I'm going to start ordering Ubers randomly in Salt Lake just to see if I can get you guys to come drive out to California and pick me up. I actually have, because uh, uh, people ask me what I do 
on the side for fun when I'm driving them around. And I, I mentioned this podcast, uh-huh. Cinema Queens, and we've actually gotten some listeners out of it. So, oh really? I, yeah. I made I made wow. sure they tipped okay. me first before they actually listened. So, <laughs> probably a wise yeah. choice. <laughs> That's Clark. But I'm ching. Um, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. Was I back in Utah last time I recorded? Or back in California last time I recorded? No. I don't remember if I was or not. No, he was because I remember it was Todd was here. <clears throat> we did. We That's right. Todd was with you guys and well, I was he, here. He wasn't in Utah then. Sorry, you're right. I, I was back in California by last yeah, time I recorded. Time was so I'm back California in California. The time before was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Todd and Amy are out here visiting. Um, Todd's wife's name is Amy. She also does a podcast with us. Uh, Todd and Amy do um, a podcast called English Class Hooligans, where we are reading all the books you should have read in high school and didn't. And I would like to say that we are consistently getting those out, but um, we, I'm, I'm far better, uh, up until recently, I'm far better getting this one out consistently than I am with the other one. As you may know, I, I missed episode 115. So that is our lost and hidden episode that at some point in time will reveal itself when we get swamped again. So it's just the three of us. So it'll be a nice romantic little interlude, a uh, little light. hot date between us. Oh yes, I hope so. I mean, I'm, I have a candles over here. I hope you guys do as well. I have some Yanni on in the background. It's it's going to be all sorts of sexy. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, the sad fact is it's, it's it's me and my cat with a cone around its head because it had to have surgery. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and why is that? <laughs> I feel so guilty about okay. this. And in, Maya in the, thinks in the theme of this book, what would your cat be saying to you right now? <laughs> my cat would be saying that you needless son of a bitch. What my cat would be yeah. saying. Um... So we we got this cat off of the street, and I'm sure if you listen to enough episodes, you've heard the cat in the background. It's a very talkative cat. And um, <laughs> we didn't know if it had been fixed or not. Um, uh, and so my wife had taken it to the vet, and the vet shaved her and could not find a scar from where she uh, had an incision, if she had had an incision. So we scheduled a, uh, uh, okay, not neutering. What's Stay. the other one? Yeah, we scheduled to get her spayed. So I, uh, my wife was in New York when this was happening, and uh, she was uh, at a wedding, and so I was handling all of this, and uh, I get a call in the middle of it saying, has your cat ever been in heat? And I said, not to my knowledge, she's just always really talkative. Is she more talkative than other times? And I'm like, nope, only when she wants food and her attention. (laughs) And they said, well, we can't find any ovaries or any other female parts on the inside of her. And like, we think she might have already been spayed. I said, Okay, that sounds about right. So I needlessly had my cat spayed a second time, and I feel terribly guilty for it. I bought it new toys. I bought it new food. I've been babying that poor little bastard so much Wouldn't out she of be just pure uninhibited guilt. Huh? No, she's not a dog. Don't you talk about my cat that way. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so yeah, so my poor cat is wearing the cone of shame watching The Office with me because uh, so, I feel bad for her. But, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so jumping in... Uh, once again, there seems to be an ongoing theme that Todd seems to pick out in books. I've noticed that he has a thing that he likes, and that's like animals gaining sentience. Um, last week we did Elmer about a chicken gaining sentience, and this week is all about all animals gaining sentience. Um, and uh, this is basically, you know, what happens when all of a sudden the animals can think and talk for themselves, and uh, some of them want revenge on the humans, and some of them are okay with it, and uh, it uh, kind of goes from there. So um, I guess we'll start out with uh, drinking games. Now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. 
so don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll do mine. It's called Everybody's Going to Die. So every time someone or something dies, take a drink. That is very similar to mine, which oh. is a... Not not entirely, sort of. Similar theme. Uh, Adam is, is laughing because we originally picked out the exact same drink. Literally the uh, exact same drink, too. Literally, except for mine was Imperial and his was in uh, Metric. But um, so, uh, so no, mine is a, a throwback to the uh, Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse, and mine is The Secret Word. And whenever someone says kill, take a drink. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> So basically, it's, everybody's it's, going to die is going to be the name of like your life you know, if you I, play these games. I had almost picked a similar drinking game. Oh yeah, almost. Well, yours is fairly close. I mean, well, it's not actually. Yours is different. What, what's your drinking game, Maya? Mine's called "You Have My Paws." Uh, anytime Sandor, which is the the main dog in the story, uh, threatens what he will do if if anything happens to Jesse, the little girl, take a drink. And Todd has texted me his uh, drinking game rule, and it is they are making a Pokemon reference, um, which I know is in reference to one of his favorite parts of this book, which we will get to <laughs> after the uh, the uh, uh, break. Um, so uh, that being said, uh, should we do some votes as to whether or not we believe that it is you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to hunt down this book and go read it? Um, it is from Aftershock Comics, which is a slightly smaller label. They're and they're still... Pro- too. They're- huh? They're pretty new. They just started up like within the last four or five years. Yeah, and they're they're still releasing this one. I think the third trade is about to come out of this book. Uh, Uh, The third trade I thought was on Comixology, or it might have been for pre-order. Well, yeah, it might be on Comixology, but like the actual physical copy may be not out yet, as we're recording this. I think because I looked into it on Amazon, um, which is, I guess, as good of a segue into my grade as all. Like, I think it's worth reading. In fact, I'm interested in reading where the story goes further on. So uh, I'm a voting a yes. Uh, Mr. Maya, what's your vote? Uh, I'm also voting yes, and Volume 3 came out like two weeks ago. Oh, okay, so it is out. Is that the end of it, I wonder? Uh, I don't believe so. So they're going to continue? Let me, I'll, I'll look into that while Adam gives his vote. Okay, what's your vote, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm actually going to go with a no. Uh, I think, really? yeah, and we'll, we'll talk more later, but it's a really great idea. I love the story. I just... Um, I just kind of felt it meandered too much. So, okay. Well, I didn't hate it. I just didn't really like it that much. So, okay. Uh, and it does look like it's it's still going. It is still going. Okay, so it's not going serious. There's okay. been there's been three trades, and then there was a mini series called The Rise. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that and we, we can talk about a little more what that kind of goes into later because that's actually one of the issues in, in this book sets up that. Yeah, there, I, it's, I think it's like the fourth issue is called The Rise or something like that as well. Anybody have any forewarnings they want to add in before we go into this book without Todd to take us off path? We're pretty straightforward today. No? No, not really. I, okay. I really I really enjoyed it. This might be one of our shortest episodes ever. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Who knows? So, okay, cool. Um, well, so then what we'll do is we'll take a little bit of a break. Um, we will play a promo for one of the shows on the Hello Sweetie Podcast Network. I believe it's still the box. Um and Adam, if you listen to his shows, he plays a promo for us, which is fun. I know, which I think is really funny, actually. <laughs> so at some point in time, we'll promo Adam, which will be great. You can introduce your own promo. Or I can make you do it live, which will be fun, too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's where we're at. Um, and when we get back, we're going to be spoiling the living crap out of it. So if you're new to listening to us, this is your warning. If you don't want spoilers, go read the book before you listen to the rest of the episode. So there you go. Uh, cool. We'll see you guys on the flip side. 
if you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. What are you watching? Hey, what are you reading? Tell me, what are you loving this week? What are you putting in your ears? Welcome to The Box. I'm Charity. I'm Crystal. I'm Rebecca. On The Box, we talk about all the media we love, old and new. Here are hottest takes on the classic movies, new TV shows, our favorite podcasts, and what we downloaded this week. Subscribe on iTunes at HSPN The Box or wherever you get your podcasts to hear us every week. And don't forget, too much TV will rot your brain. A proud member of the Hello Sweetie Podcast Network. Oh shit! I did his. I did Todd's drinking game rule wrong. He actually referenced his favorite line in the book, and doing it. The humpback whale. Okay. Yeah. So so basically, I guess we'll jump into this, and I'll correct this. I guess so. Uh, correction as to I didn't read all of Todd's text messages before I put this in there. Way but to go. Uh, his favorite line in this book is called uh, is when the humpback whale jumps out and yells, "Humpback whale! Do I did I do it right?" Uh, because the humpback whale is acting like a Pokemon. And when it shows up, it announces its own name. And so uh, it's one of Todd's favorite lines in it, which is I'm sure he would be quoting consistently while he was here. Um, but uh, so that's actually, I guess that is the moment for his drinking game. So it's a pretty basic story. Does anybody want to summarize it? Or do you want me to just kind of stumble through it? Uh, I mean, just all of a sudden animals gain sentience, much like the chickens <laughs> in Elmer. Yes. Uh, much like the chickens on its own is a great sentence, by the way. I just like that. Just much uh, like the chickens. They, they went to last year's Warped Tour. <laughs> oh, much like the chickens? I love it. That'd That's be great. great. band name. Uh, it is. I'm going to put that on a list. Much. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm starting a new band name list right now. And then uh, the story just follows uh, a bloodhound named Sandor after Sandor Clegane, the hound from Game of Thrones. Uh, and All the cunting chickens. All the cunting chickens. Someone's gonna die for these chickens. <laughs> oh, it's a uh, oh oh. And when Arya's telling him she na- she named her sword, I can't remember needle. needle. He's like, <laughs> she's like a lot of people name their swords. He's like, yeah, a lot of cunts. It's <laughs> 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 my favorite line in Game of Thrones. Uh, but it's Sandor and his one of his human owners, Jesse, and and her parents, uh, kind of living in this post world where. Animals gain sentience and the awful things that happen to them after. And basically, how like the some of the animals are wanting to get revenge on the humans for how they were treated. Some are partnering with the humans. Some are trying to just kind of do their own thing and some be, shit. Be Switzerland during World War Two, and just all kinds of wackiness ensues. So, Adam, you're the one who had issues with this. Not to throw you on the spot, but so you just thought it was too meandering. Was your your beef well, with this book? So I've talked about this before with other other graphic novels we've done where you know they, they the way they kind of bunched them together this is what the first five issues i believe this is the first mm-hmm. four and a one shot that leads into a mini series okay so other graphic novels we read that have been part of a bigger story you know there's there's an overarching theme an overarching story that's kind of going through everything while at the same time telling little offshoots and little narratives that may not always tie into the story but generally speaking they'll, they'll they're pushing the plot forward and I think what really kind of annoyed me with this was that it's a really cool idea. I like the characters. I was interested to see what happened. But especially by doing only four issues and having a one shot, it didn't kind of like tie it all together. And I didn't, I felt like the the main plot line seemed to be kind of revolve around Jesse and Sandor. And then you didn't have them a bunch of the time or they were, they were background characters instead of more of the main characters they should have been. So maybe I was just approaching it wrong. But for me, it seemed like it was 
they're presented as your main characters from the get-go, but then they kind of, like, aren't part of the story in very important parts they should have been. I never felt that way at all, up until the last yeah. issue, which which deals with her brother, who's in San Francisco. Which I assume is where they're going, but yeah, the first four... That's why I always assume they're going as well. The first four issues, I... And then... I'll kind of circle back around to that, but yeah, the first four issues, I completely felt that the story was their story, and they weren't out of the spotlight at all. Uh, the, maybe the first, well, the first issue was really kind of setting up the world, I guess. Uh, we didn't really even get to know them too much, just because it's like animals gain sentience you see sandor speak to her and then it's kind of like animals all over the world okay you know, actually the... i i see what you're saying i think what happened was because I, when i was reading this i didn't realize the last issue was a one-off okay so the fact that it disappeared i'm like what the fuck does that have to do with jesse and sandor kind of like put a bad taste in my mouth so yeah the, the, gotcha. the first, yeah the first four issues are their story and the second one leads into uh a series called the rise which i assume is the story from what's her brother's name uh, Adam, it's Adam. Uh, yeah, it's Adam. Uh, yeah. which I believe is 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 uh, from his point of view because he's a vet in San Francisco or some sort of works with animals somehow. Uh, but yeah, no, I I didn't think that at all. And I I mean I, I dug this book. I was interested in where it went. Um, I, I yeah I, I kind of I'm just with my on that. Um, I I also like there's some kind of fun. There's some fun goofy things in here as well, as well as having some serious drama to it as well. Um, like the pandas trying to play with guns or the humpback whale or, um, seem, you know. It seems to throw in the lightheartedness enough to, to not keep it from just being a super depressing book. Yeah. Because, I mean, it could become the Walking Dead pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, there's also... There's I was a- going to say, there's even a zombie reference where... Uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but Sandor and, and Jesse's father uh, were going out for, you know, they, they told the family they were going out for food, but they were going out for something else. And Jesse's father mentions, you know, we're going to do this. And Sandor's like, no, you're thinking zombies. This is different. Mm-hmm. I remember that line, yeah. Part of the reason why the, the main character, Jesse, gets along with all the animals is, I mean, because basically Sandor vouches for her, you know, as being a good pet owner. And so, therefore, like in a lot of these circles, she's sort of allowed in, which is kind of sweet. Um, you know, his loyalty to her, and the, you see that relationship between the two of them. I think is really lovely, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really fun as well. He, he would do uh, anything for her. Yes, he would, and she would probably do anything for him as well. You know, um, there is. I mean, of course, not quite to the same degree as Elmer, but there is a certain degree of humans are fucking awful. You know, I mean, where they're lobotomizing the dog and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was fun. So, do we know exactly what happened to her parents after the? So there was they kind of just disappeared. There was like a suicide. Right, they? they were they were basically someone in a place of power <laughs> was giving a speech, like you know, humans and animals. It was basically like a treaty, and suicide mm-hmm. bomber tries to like mess up or, or you know blow up these people and get shot but then yeah no her parents kind of like did sandor kill them or did they die another way like it's not too clear which i wonder if one of the other if, if it flashes back to it in you know volume two or three uh, mm-hmm. but we just see sandor attack the the uh the father 
went to shoot the the bomber. Well, no, Sandor attacks a guy who's trying to steal food. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah, so the bomb goes off, and then it's like, strike now, get off of the meat, and then she's there with her parents, and this guy pulls out a gun, he's like, give me the food, and then Sandor goes after That's him, right. rips into his throat, and then, for whatever reason, like, I don't get why his dad freaks out, because, I mean, obviously Sandor was trying to save their life, yeah. and then beats the hell out of him with a, with a rock, and then it ends. Well, there's a line in the air. Let me see that real quick. Oh, no, it's the, the dad attacks. So Sandor attacks the guy, and the guy has a gun that goes off randomly, and the dad goes crazy because he was like, the gun could have accidentally shot Jesse. So that's mm-hmm. why he attacked. Right, but I mean, that just seemed kind of, again, that seemed kind of stupid because it was like, technically speaking, the dog did save their life because, yeah, the gun went off, but it, if anything, it grazed Sandor. Mm-hmm. That was, that was diverting. I don't know. I just, it seemed to be out of character for her dad, and then like, just beats the fuck out of him with a rock, and then it, the episode ends, and then it's like one year later. Yeah. So again, so, it seemed kind of disjointed. There was like, there's, and I'm sure they're going to explain it more later on, but I just didn't like the the jumping around the timeline where you're just all like, okay, well now shit happened. So. Well, I'm, I'm sure that's yeah, that's by design because they'll they'll do flashbacks later to tell us what happened in that that missing time. To be honest with you, it's been like over a week since I read this book. So. <laughs> Yeah, they do. I mean, they, they, they use flashbacks fairly frequently. And then we, we don't. I'm sure we'll get a flashback somewhere too because uh, her brother had been basically mm-hmm. like gone off on his own and wasn't part of the family or he wasn't, you know, keeping in touch. He was mad at the parents for some reason. Mm-hmm. So there's this. I guess this volume is a lot of setup. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, until you analyze it, I don't remember it feeling that segmented, but maybe it really is, you know? Well, yeah, there's, um, just, there's so many flashbacks that you get when, you know, when they, they first picked out Sandor and found out he was a runt. And so she just specifically wanted him for that. And then mm-hmm. that's right after, you know, because the one issue skips ahead a year and then it's just Sandor and Jesse. We don't know what happened to her family. And then it has that story. Yeah. And then later on in was it issue four, the final one, you just see her with her parents and Sandor's a puppy like snuggling in bed because it was a thunderstorm or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden it skips again to present time now and we'll so it ended up the last issue ended where the, the one dog we found was lobotomized and so the other dogs were all angry about it and it just it didn't flow right for me. So I can see that. But again it's like I didn't dislike it it just it was it's kind of one of those books where when all was said and done I was kind of like well that no, was that. That was a book. That was a book. No, that makes sense. You know, last time with Elmer, you had mentioned that you know, uh, that 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 book would have could have the potential to to turn people vegan. Yeah, I had that feeling. In this oh, did you? There is an interesting segment in there where like there's the cows looking for someone like a, to, to, to to milk yeah. them. We'll split the profits. You know, that kind of, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was. I did like, think it was okay. funny that the uh, the panda bears are randomly suicidal. So they're like, what? Yeah, why would panda bears be suicidal? One of them says something like, "Why are you keeping us alive for so long?" or something like that. Yeah, but... on like on page three. <laughs> yeah, they something. get they get the guns and start shooting each other. Like, why did you keep us alive for so long? So are they like mercy killing themselves? Or like when the uh, the orca at SeaWorld's like, Jessica, I can't ignore these feelings any longer. You complete me, Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. Well, no, was it the dolphins that come out of the ocean? Are like, we want your women. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Well, then there's the cat that's selling drugs. Um, well, yeah, the family had a cat to begin with. What? What? Something must have happened to that cat in that jump time too. 
Probably, because the cat was actually helpful as well. So, I, I don't know. It just, it was, it opened up. I had a really good opening. I was like, this is a really cool idea. This is like, I love where this is going. And then it's kind of like, it was kind of an all downhill path from there. Okay. Probably something that, like, once the series is done and over with, it'll probably read better as a whole instead of even with just, uh, you know, a trade at a time. Yeah. Well, the lizard who tells the guy his boyfriend's cheating on him. Yes. <laughs> or, or the oh, sloth. Yeah. There's two sloths. And one goes, God. The other one says, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah again it just, the way it started out was like oh this is really gonna be interesting i love it like like the octopus that gets all the all of the knives and goes after people or um mm-hmm. the birds who break up because it's like well, i thought we could stay with you but you know having kids was enough to keep me around and yeah so again it was it was a really interesting but it just kind of went down to after that for me so okay well let's jump into cocktails then since you know sounds like we need so a little yeah, bit of one overall there really isn't a whole lot to talk about it's really basic and it really is. Straightforward. Behold, Mr. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title Boone. and make with the fire Mr. water. Alcoholics transform! Well, Mr. Meyer, you want to tell us about your cocktail? Uh, sure, if you give me two seconds. There we go. So my, my drink is the Salty Dog for all the Salty Dogs in this book. The ingredients are three and a Three and a third ounce of grapefruit juice, one and a third ounce vodka or gin. Uh, preparation, shake the vodka or gin and grapefruit juice in a cocktail shaker, strain into a salt-rimmed highball glass. There you go. Straight, straight simple, simple and straightforward, just like the book. Well, my cocktail that Adam had also originally picked out, and then he was nice enough to go get a second one, which I really didn't have an issue with, only having two cocktails this week, Adam, but that's okay. I appreciate you getting a second. Dinner um, so uh, mine is uh, the Bloodhound because, of course, Sandor is a Bloodhound. Um, it is one and a half ounces of gin, uh, three quarter ounces of dry vermouth, three quarter ounces of sweet vermouth, and two to three crushed ber- strawberries. Uh, Adam's recipe just had a handful of strawberries. You add all the ingredients to a mixing glass. Uh, you shake with ice and double strain into a coupe glass, and you garnish with a fresh strawberry. And uh, Mr. Adam, what is your secondary cocktail? So this one actually sounds really delicious, and I want to try it, even though it's going to be a pain in the ass to make. Yeah. Um, so you, it's called the Sandor, and you've got to start by making a spiced blood orange syrup. The way you do that is you take two cups of blood orange juice, six tablespoons of sugar, ten pods of green cardamom, lightly crushed with the back of a knife. What five, is that, by the way? It's like a spice that's used in like. Um, Did you say ten Tide pods? Ten, yeah, ten Tide pods. <laughs> well, when I when I read that when he sent to me, I read pods and I thought, Tide pods, really? Like, like... no, g- green cardamom is a spice. It's generally used like in Middle Eastern type cooking. Mm. So 10 pods of those crushed, five peppercorns and the juice of one lime. So you mix all that into a heavy bottom saucepan. You bring it to a boil, stirring occasionally um, until it's reduced by half for about 20 minutes. You uh, strain it into a jar and let it cool. And then to actually make the drink, you add 1.5 ounces of gin and three tablespoons of the, blood, the spiced blood orange syrup into a highball glass with ice cubes. You stir it and then you top with soda water. Yep. That does sound like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of work, but like the the, the peppercorns and the cardamom would react really well with the blood orange to give like a nice spicy flavor. And uh, I was at a film festival this week, and I went to Bar X for the first time and had one of the bartenders there just kind of, I was like, hey, she's like, make me something you like. And she's like, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of alcohols or flavors do you like? So she made me this one with this, um, it was an herbal liqueur, kind of like um, Underground or Jägermeister, but not gross. Well, Underground's mm-hmm. actually pretty good. And it was like the first time I actually had like really a, a spicy cocktail I liked, so I'm trying to find something that kind of reenacts that that flavor palette. Nice. Mm-hmm. RX is actually really good. I didn't go there on this most recent trip, but they are a good bar for sure. 
And owned by a celebrity, nonetheless. And also the bar attached to it, too. That's true. He does own both. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who are fans of... Uh, what is that show? Modern Family. Modern Family. Yeah, the, the dorky dad uh, Ty, who's Ty trying Burrell. to be all hip with his... Ty Burrell, yeah. Ty Burrell is the owner of those bars. Which is kind of, yeah. For your useless little fun there. Uh, cool. I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to add? I mean, it is a pretty straightforward little simple book. Uh, no, I... I'm probably at some point we'll pick up the other volumes and check it out because i am interested but yeah and i'm also interested as well but i, I understand adam's issue um oh my poor little cat looks like a little shakespearean actor with the big cone <laughs> of shame he's looking at me all sad like here's the thing you put a cone on a dog and like it kind of slows the dog down a little bit but because cats use their whiskers for so much of their death perception putting a cone on a cat is like nearly like just like putting them on a very very short leash they don't go much at least my cat doesn't wander much at all how, how long does she have to wear it I, you know i tried taking it off for a couple days ago but she went right after the stitches and so i'm like okay because i've been letting her take it off every once in a while just so she can like give herself a little bit of a bath but when she was like going directly after the stitches, I'm like, oh, okay. But the stitches come out on Monday, so. Okay. So she only has, well, and then of course she probably have to keep it on after she does that as well. She's looking at me like human, you evil bastard. Anyway, that's how cats often look at humans, I guess. <laughs> so, well, cool. Well, then let's jump into final grades. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking fucked. God, please, no! 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 For writing for Marguerite Bennett. What is your vote, or what is your grade, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm just going to go with a C. Because, again, I like I like the idea of everything. I like the characters, because Sandor and Jesse are both interesting, and I like their story. But because there's so many flash, flashbacks, flash-forwards, missing pieces of the puzzle, it just felt really disjointed and wasn't something I could really enjoy following along with. And I understand they wanted to do a one-shot to kind of set things up for the next one, but it's like, you know, finish your story in this one. Don't set up an ad for the next one. Gotcha. Uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm going to give it a B, maybe, maybe a B minus. Uh, as I've said before, you know, it's kind of straightforward. It, it's nothing that wowed me too much, but it, this was just more of like an interesting taste mm-hmm. uh, and not the full drink. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a B. I think the writing is interesting, and I, I'm interested to see where it goes. I understand Adam's issues with it, um, but I, I still think it's kind of fun. Uh, for art, for Raphael de la Torte. He did the first four, and then Wando did the uh, the one shot. Wando, okay. I think you said Wando isn't... <laughs> Sorry, I looked back down at the name and saw that his name is Juan Do, yeah. but it sounded like one name is it like sort of like a, a Madonna or something like that. So... Uh, for art, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm going to stay with a B also. Uh, it wasn't bad by any means, but it's not like, uh, you know, amazing, mind-blowing art. I'm going to go with a B. I, I didn't mind the art at all. I think it was very well done. Uh, you know, it was it was obviously a very violent book, but it wasn't violent to the point of being, like, way over the top and, like, just gross. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, not, like, violent for the sake of being violent. Exactly, yeah. And, and every single character that they they met up with had it was 
they were distinct. It wasn't like, okay, we got three dogs. You just have them all, like, with, like, maybe one different characteristic. No, they all acted and looked and, and seemed different, so. But, yeah, no, the art wasn't a problem. I like the art a lot, so. Okay. Um, and then, uh, for me, I'm going to go with a... I'm going to go with a B plus. It's not mind-blowing art, but I do think it does a really good job of blending, uh, of walking that line between cutesy animal book and also having some very violent moments in it, and I think it does both of those relatively well. Um, so I think that's actually kind of an impressive little feat of being able to find that nice medium ground. Um, and then so for overall grades, uh, Mr. Adam, what is your grade? Um, so I'm going to go with a C plus. Again, I, I didn't hate this book at all. If if I was to find out that the next one kind of fills in a lot of the plot holes from this one, I'd probably be more interested in reading it. But I just think that it could have it could have been laid out and put together a bit better. Cool. Um, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm going to stick with a B. B's all around. Uh, not bad, but not amazing. And I'm also going to stick with the B. Like, it's it's a fun, interesting book. It's not something I'd recommend to someone who's like, you absolutely have to read it. But if it's something they got around to somewhere down the line, it's not necessarily a bad one. Uh, you know, Or if you're doing a whole book of animal books, it definitely falls into that category. Um, you know, And it uh, can be fun there. I guess we jump into recommendations. Anybody have a recommendation they want to get off their chest? Had I watched... Did I talk about the Hannah Gadsby stand-up last time? I don't think you did. So, yeah. So, Hannah Gadsby is a Tasmanian stand-up comic. She's a lesbian. Uh, she says from Australia because it's down there. It's all part of the same kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But she had a, a stand-up special on Netflix. It's called Nanette. It's only an hour long. And, you know, I heard really good things about it. I thought it was that something that, you know, everyone should see. There's a lot of really good points made. And then our, our good friend, Cat Barton, was texting me one night. She, actually, we were, I think it was like last time we were recording. She's like, you need mm-hmm. to watch this. So when you get done, go go watch it. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I, uh, it's 11 o'clock. I'll put it on. It is the fun, most fundamentally important hour of television I've ever seen in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. She she gets up there, and she she is really, really funny. She's a hilarious stand-up comic. And she's telling these stories about you know her where she's been, her coming out process, and then halfway through it takes a turn to where she says, "But I think I need to stop stand-up comedy, and here's why." Mm-hmm. And she kind of explains the idea of how jokes work in the stand-up comic industry, where basically you're setting up tension by telling a joke about something, and then the punchline comes, and that's the release, so everyone can laugh and kind of join in and release that. And she says, "I'm not here for that. I'm here to create tension for you and leave you to do what you do with it," and proceeds to kind of basically tell her story. And the last 20 minutes is probably some of the most brutal performance art I've ever seen of her telling where she came from, what happened to her. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant. It, just, it blew me away. I, I was sobbing by the end of it because she so much of what she was doing was telling my story too. Um, and then that same day, I, I text Chris, who's a Cinema Queens, because we had another movie planned for this week. I was like, no, we're doing this. Here's why. we got to watch this. And he agreed with me. And he, we, across the board, gave it a 10. It's like the first 10 he's ever given out. Uh, but yeah, it's called Nanette. It's by Hannah Gadsby on Netflix. It's only an hour long, but honestly, it's something that everyone, especially in America, needs to see, but anyone pretty much in the world could benefit from. So My recommendation is not nearly that deep. Um, <laughs> it's uh, okay. It's not, they don't all have uh, to be deep. Okay. So Todd and I went and did this. Since that is <laughs> um, so since uh, so Todd's not here, I'll recommend, recommend this because it's something we did a couple days ago. Um, last Halloween when we did the Aliens book we revealed that Todd is a very big fan of the Aliens franchise um, and so there actually is in the Block at Orange, a mall not far from my house, um, there is a virtual reality experience uh, of uh, called Alien Descent um, 
And so I recently, I think I'm sure I've talked about it on the show. I've also done the the Void over at uh, Downtown Disney, uh, their Star Wars experience. I will say right off the bat, the graphics for this are not nearly as good as the Void. Like the graphics are, are akin to being in a you know a PS2 game to a certain extent. Like you you definitely can tell you're in a video game. Whereas the Void, there are some like it's sometimes the graphics are good enough that. Um, you can definitely get sucked into that being a reality. This one, it's not quite as bad. But basically, what you do is um, you have guns and you go to a uh, a uh, like sort of go try to rescue some people. And they've been the planets been taken, overtaken by aliens, and you're on these elevators and the el- uh, and you're trans- transferring between these two different elevators. And these aliens are crawling up, uh, trying to attack you. Um, but the thing is, they also keep your score. So at the end, um, you walk out and they project your score onto a wall, and you know what your score is. Uh, Todd beat me. However, my accuracy was much higher. <laughs> so uh, I just want to point that out. Uh, I got uh, 1,244 points. Todd got uh, 1,383. Um, my accuracy was 48.1%. His accuracy was 37%. Um, I killed 37 enemies, though, and he killed 53. But he also used every bullet you had, because I used 765 bullets. He used 900 bullets. Like He maxed out the amount of bullets. <laughs> nice. Um, he also fired way more grenades than I did. I fired seven, and I think of, of those, all of those were not on purpose, because I think I was trying to find the laser sight um and uh he fired 57 grenades uh but uh yeah so you know but we had a good time it was really fun um i know some people i've talked to about it were hesitant about it because of the aliens thing they didn't want to be scared out of their mind the graphics are not so much so that you feel like it's completely real like it surprised me a couple times where like i would turn off and there like i wasn't i was ignoring an area where i was shooting and i would turn off and there'd be an alien right there but like the aliens get to a point close to you and then they just sit there and wait for you to realize that they're there like they don't actually come out and like try to attack you and take away points or anything like that so uh it's not completely as terrifying as i think some people would believe uh so it's definitely worth uh you know worth an afternoon it's like 20 bucks for like 30 minutes or something like that but i actually had a really good time with it i thought it was really fun um so and uh mr meyer do you have any recommendations uh, not this week okay just busy 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 oh, working, if, if, working, if you're working. in if you're in utah go to laguna ride cannibal i did that for the first time this last week and that was that oh yeah it is amazing and terrifying <laughs> Isn't that Adam's favorite ride? Yeah, no, it's amazing. Or it's a samurai. Yeah, no. Uh, well, oh, okay. So actually, this is the fun story about that because the last time I went to Lagoon was with you. Uh, it was when Q was in town uh-huh. this time last year, and I just kind of started on my whole weight loss thing. So it was the first time I've been to Lagoon where I actually could, um, in a long, long time, where I could fit in the rides where I wasn't like, you know, like, okay, you're too big to go on this ride, whatever. But with samurai, yeah. I was still too big to ride on that. So now that I'm actually probably like at least 100 pounds lighter than I was then, I'm hoping I can mm-hmm. fit on it again. Judging by your look, you're good. Okay, because that's like, so when I first moved here, I lost a lot of weight too, and like that was the one ride I loved, and I've wanted to go on again for the last 11, 12 years, and I have not been able to. So, but no, Cannibal mm-hmm. is my favorite ride. That ride scared the bejesus out of me. So, <laughs> fun ride, uh, and you can see it from the street uh, or from the freeway, which is also fun. So, well, cool. Um, so that'll do it for this week. Um, it also will do it for this um, episode or this month where, uh, of Animal Books. So next month we are doing Andy Wilson month. Um, hopefully he will be joining us. I think he has the intention of joining us for most of those. Woo-hoo! But uh, for those of you, um, Andy, uh, he had donated some good suggestions to us for our uh, March Madness, and I was an evil person and completely neglected to actually put them on the list. I forgot to give them to Maya entirely. So we're since it's the, uh, Andy's birthday month, we are giving him the opportunity to uh, pick all four books, and uh, he picked some good books. So and we discussed it earlier, uh, but we're going to start out next week with Vader Down. Um, the following week will be March, and then The Century, and then we'll finish up the month with Manifest Destiny. 
Uh, so yeah, so uh, so join us next week for the beginning of Andy Wilson month. Um, does anybody else have anything? No, nope. no, that's about it. We need next time we'll have to awesome. come back, so we'll have more tangents to go on. <laughs> that's true, very much so. So awesome. Uh, well, thank you much for everything, and uh, we will see you on the flip side. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.